Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Healing Sexual Trauma with the Yoni Egg. Hello everyone. In today's episode, we are diving right in with our epic all-star interview. Katie has so perfectly illustrated the process of someone self-healing from sexual abuse that I'm going to let her share her story and then I will chime in afterwards. This interview is amazing because she speaks to it all. Having a history of sexual trauma, how the impact of that showed up in her body, her physical and emotional symptoms, and in her overall life, and then how all of these things changed because of the inner healing she did in her vagina. All right. Welcome, Katie. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Kim. I'm so excited to be here with you. And I just wanted to share with you a funny story that happened as I was anticipating sitting down and speaking to you today. Um, yesterday, I woke up and I had no voice. My voice was entirely gone. And it felt very much spiritual, energetic, because I knew I was going to sit down. I knew I was going to be talking to you about some deep emotional stuff. Um, and so my voice poof, vanished. So I sat there and I said to myself, you know, what would Kim and Ami do? And I knew what she would do. She would deep throat a cock. So I grabbed my husband and said, get over here. I'm going to get my voice back. And I have a voice today. So <laughs> it speaks to the power of this work that sex is really the healing magic for everything that we're everything that ails us that is so incredible i mean yeah i mean perfect example and what a great student she's like of course <laughs> i find the answer in my own body and use some additional cock medicine on top of that so that's beautiful yeah well done Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's start out with like where, how did your vagina feel before starting this work? How would you describe yourself sexually and in particular your vagina? Yeah, so I feel that my vagina was numb, completely numbed out. My vagina was disconnected or I was disconnected from my vagina. I had no sense of her. I was living this life from my head up. <laughs> there was no connection to the rest of my body. Um, and, and the worst part was that she was full of all of this sexual trauma and crying out for my attention <laughs> before I started vaginal kung fu. But I was not listening. I was not listening for like 30 years. The Symptoms were increasing. For example, I had really bad endometriosis. So really painful periods, really heavy bleeding. Um, and, you know, you just kind of, 
you think that's normal. You're just like, oh, well, I just, I just have difficult periods. Like that's right. in, in my matrilineal line. And, and I don't really, you know, feel anything in my vagina, but it's okay because I have a vibrator, so I can still have orgasms that way. And, and so, yeah, so it's all sort of fine, except it isn't, except I was deeply unhappy living that way. Um, and I found, then I found your work. And at first I was like, I think when I first found your work, I got this magical little like sparkle that came down on me like, whoa, something really important is happening here. Um, but even still, even when I found your work at first, I was totally the girl who's like, I'm gonna do well-fucked woman someday. But you know what? I'm not doing vaginal Kung Fu. Like, what is this Kung Fu vagina surfboard thing? There's the jade <laughs> eggs. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing that, right? That scary, and, big bad, scary jade egg. <laughs> yeah, right? And that's actually what it is. That's this bravado that I had, even though I'm suffering, right? And you're providing an answer. Why do I have this weird bravado? Up? Because I was afraid. And, and so we have, we do these like coping mechanisms to try to avoid facing all of those symptoms, all of that reality that we're carrying. Um, so yeah, so it was total bravado for me. Right. That's, yeah. And I get, and that people have that, a lot, it's just that initial resistance, that fear, and then whatever rationalizations emerge out of that, that we may, most people may or may not break through. Right. And so you, and, and so did you ever, so you said that you were having orgasms, so clitoral orgasms, you could use a vibrator to get there. You were potentially, so you were having sex, but did you, did you ever touch yourself? Did you ever self-pleasure? Did you look at your own vagina? What, could you put your fingers in your own vagina? Or was this like a no man, no woman's land that was, um, th with that dissociation that you've described? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's my biggest problem. I was one of those women that you talk about who could not touch their own vagina, was scared, terrified to do it. I didn't even, I never even looked at my own vagina. I, it's so crazy to think about now, but I never even looked at it. And I couldn't touch myself because of a longstanding history of childhood sexual trauma. Whenever I would touch myself or a partner would, um, on those very few occasions where I would let that happen, I would immediately have a PTSD response. Wow. So I would feel nauseous. I would feel like I was gonna pass out. I would feel really hot and a bad way <laughs> and I would just stop. So I would occasionally try, you know, I, I would try to, to cross that barrier. I would try to have a partner cross that barrier. So but, let me just interrupt yeah. for a second. So were you saying that sure. even a partner couldn't manually touch you? Like they could penetrate you with their cock, but they couldn't yep. manually touch you. Okay. And they you could not. Right. Yeah. And that was because of the trauma that happened to me when I was a young girl. So it happened with hands. So hands on me would bring back that trauma in just in just a huge way. And um, and so, like I said, I would sometimes try to cross that barrier. Then I just gave up and I just decided that 
that wasn't for me. And I was never going to have that in my life. And I was just always going to be like broken in this way. And, you know, I, I dabbled sometimes in healing things. Um, nothing worked. And yeah, I was just sort of resigned to it until I decided to do VKF. And I remember the day that I decided to do it. It was, I had been like devouring all of your content and like a crazy person, like a starving woman. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, why? Why is this happening, Katie? Like, why are you devouring this to such extent? Like what's going on? And I felt inside, like in yoga, there's this term, the inner spanda. And it's like this great leaping of the heart. And I would describe it as the great leaping of my vagina. She was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, maybe I've tried everything else. Maybe I'll try this straight jade egg thing. Maybe I can actually do this and, and heal this. Maybe I could be at a place where I could touch myself. Is that possible for me? I'm still not sure, but I felt this willingness to try. It was such an interesting moment when I decided to take BKF, BKF because the pain always felt so strong and the PTSD symptoms was so strong and it was so involuntary and it felt so much bigger than me. But in that moment when I decided that I was gonna do this and try to go down this healing path, I tapped into this power inside me that is bigger. And I believe that we all kind of have this place inside of us that is bigger than any pain, than any trauma, that wants to heal more than the power of the pain or the power of the trauma. And if we can like tap into that, that can start pulling us forward. And that's what started pulling me forward on the beginning of that healing journey. That's so beautiful and such a lovely way to describe it. And and also acts as a beacon of inspiration for other people who might feel lost in that place you mentioned earlier of despondency and just giving up, right? Yes. So that's something, you know, I can't do, obviously, there's other things I can do. And, you know, I'll just get by with that. So I love that you found that and you grabbed hold of it, you know, and rode that current all the way home. So before you go further into the, the transformation, I was curious, so did you, when you did have sex, would you get wet or would you use lube? Like what, um, did you enjoy it? Did you feel anything or was it more like, well, I have a partner, they like it, I'll do it. You know, what was that like? It, it was a lot of like shoulds. Um, my vagina was totally dry. I would have to use lubrication. And oh, the worst part is it just when I think about it now, it literally makes me cringe all the times that I said yes to sex when it was clearly a no. Like I never went in and asked my vagina, like, are you ready? Because we don't, we're not like trained for that. We're trained for like some kind of dumb form of consent where it's like, yes or no or whatever. Like we're not right. trained to actually tap into our own bodies and say, Hey body, like, what's up? You're totally dry. You don't seem into this at all. You're like, please get this over with. Um, and then I would, if I felt anything, I feel that I was more using sex to feel nothing. I wanted to use sex to numb out further. And, and so that was with my partner. That was with a vibrator. It was all just about 
numbing out. Um, what, terrible. What kind of well, sex is this? What well, kind of life is this? But that's so interesting. Like I was speaking to somebody yesterday talking about how we either in my work, it's about getting having sex to become more conscious. And in most forms of sex, like including using porn or the idea to like quickly just bust out an orgasm, it's about using sex to become unconscious, to dissociate and disconnect more, which is what you are describing. And what I think a lot of people unknowingly are using sex for as kind of an escape and a disconnect and a checking out rather than what I say is using it to become more and more conscious. But it would be such a challenge for anyone with trauma and especially significant sexual trauma to want to open up those gates of consciousness. That's the last fucking thing you want, right? Keep them closed. Keep right. them closed. I don't want to know that. I don't want to feel that. So it's so interesting because like I knew the touching was the trauma, but it took me so long to realize that the way I was having sex was also because I was terrified of feeling and that that was also part of the trauma because like you said our culture is so set up for that to be normalized for us not to make those connections or want to connect with ourselves. absolutely so all right so you go now into this place of saying yes so what starts to happen differently in your vagina and your body overall yeah so i was a very slow journey at first because like i said can't touch myself, can't look at myself. I'm like, all right, we. <laughs> I just got to be honest about where I am, you know, feeling like embarrassed or like sad about it at first. I'm like, this is where I am, man. Like, let's, let's do this. So just would sit down um, in the beginning and those early sessions with the egg were so pitiful. I would set a timer. I'd be like, all right, let's set a container. So it'd be like really safe. I'd set a I set a timer for like three minutes. I'd be like, let's go. Can we do, can we last three minutes? Well, baby and steps. I love it. That's great. It's better steps. than nothing, right? It's and if that, and that works, that's great. Yeah. And I would just, and I would just sit there and I would just breathe and I would have all of the feelings come up. And I remember the first time that I did it, all of those symptoms I described, it's like a panic attack. Like I'm going to pass out. Like all of those symptoms are coming up and I'm just like sitting there and I'm just like, okay, you can, you can just do it. Just like, we're going to stay through the experience. And then when I made it to the end and I pulled out the egg and I didn't die and I didn't pass out. So they say like fear, right? False evidence acting real. Yeah. I was suddenly giving myself new evidence. Like, look, it's okay. <laughs> So, um, so then slowly I would just increase from there each time I, I would sort of establish what felt safe. So I could do the egg for three minutes this time. So next time I'm just going to push the boundary in one small way and I'm going to do four minutes and I'm just going to keep showing up each day. And it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, um, it's gonna grow. My capacity is going to grow. And like, I, I trust that. And, um, and mostly what started to happen in the beginning was that all of the trauma stored inside my vagina, all of those unfelt feelings, they came rushing out. So our bodies, like they hold all that trauma and I just held myself through it. The trauma would start to come, it would start to come out. I would feel those symptoms. Sometimes I would just weep 
it was just like a lot of weeping, just like lying on the floor weeping. And I I had asked you actually at one point in one of the, the live coaching calls that we did, I had been weeping a lot. And I had said to you, Kim, all I'm doing is weeping. This feels like really far away from pleasure. And, and you were like, no, this is so good. Like you're going in and there's movement, like it's starting to happen. And, and so I held on to that and I was just like, okay, all right, this is good. This apparently is good. I'm going to keep going through this. And it wasn't long before, um, the crying actually started to feel good. The crying felt, it felt good to cry. And I started, there's something you, you say a lot. You say that if we give these parts of our bodies just a tiny bit of attention, just a tiny bit of attention, they're so resilient and they will start doing the healing for us. So that's what started happening to me. The healing started coming very, very quickly. There was the crying and then slowly the, the extreme symptoms that I thought would be with me and they were with me for 30 years of my life, they stopped. And I began to have sensation. <laughs> Some of it was, you know, like so startling. I didn't realize that I walked around with a clenched, closed up vagina and I would feel like so weird. I'd be like, what's happening? Like there's this expansion in my vagina. And, um, and the wetness started coming and it just, it came so fast because it's, it's like that part of me was just waiting for me to come, just waiting for me to put a little attention there. And, and she knew what to do. And the Jade egg knew what to do. It knew how to help clear all of that out. And someone had asked me like, but, but like, how, how does it work? Like, how does it happen? And I, and I was like, well, it's, it's like vagina magic. And then I, I was like, okay. <laughs> and, then I was like, and then they didn't like quite get it. So then I was like, okay. Well, I was like, it's like this. Like, how do your lungs know how to breathe? How does your heart know how to beat? How do your ovaries know how to make eggs that turn into a baby? Like, your body knows. If you show up for your body, if you put a little bit of attention there, she will lead you. So what others, whatever steps that I might have needed after doing the J-Day practice, journaling or some of the other strategies that you offer inside BKF, like whether to pursue them, like my vagina just told me what to do. My body just told me what to do. Um, and I can touch myself now. I don't have any symptoms. My partner can touch me and it's not scary. I can look at my own vagina in fact i like <laughs> i don't stargaze i vagina gaze uh, <laughs> I, I sit down i sit down some days and i just connect with that part of myself and it just brings me back into my body brings me such a sense of bliss and peace i don't know where i would have been if i had i know where i would have been in a horrible place <laughs> if i hadn't done this done this work Wow, that is so, I've been like tears coming to my eyes listening to all this wiping them off my face <laughs> because it's just so yeah, beautiful and strong and courageous of you to go through that on your own and to really trust. I, and I love what you said about 
like that analogy of how does your heart know how to beat? How do your lungs know how to breathe? Your vagina knows how to heal. It knows how to orient itself towards pleasure and being a channel for life force energy. So that's just so beautiful. Um, so in that sense, so you talked about like your relationship as well with other body parts, like your breasts. And I love the, what you said about vagina casing. That's, that's <laughs> my favorite quote so far. Um, what happened with other parts of your body? Like how did your relationship change in terms of owning yourself? Oh my God. So you offer all this beautiful healing for, um, our breasts and, um, I began doing that diligently too, especially in the beginning when, you know, I was at the three minute egg timer situation. I could do a lot, but I could touch my breast baby. I could do that. And, um, I would, I would show up for that every day. And suddenly like, I'm not a large chested person, but suddenly like my breasts had this new presence. And I just remember my husband, he was like, what's going on with your breasts? Like, <laughs> I was like, aren't they amazing? Suddenly they just like, you just start you're starting to like circulate the energy and they just come back to life. And you'll talk about how the, um, all the lymphatic drainage that happens there. And so all the toxins that are stored also when I would, in the beginning, especially when I would really massage my breasts, um, a lot of emotions would come up too, because there's a lot of emotions stored, especially where my heart is. So all of that stuck emotion, and I would just feel so energized after because now my body is free of all this junk that I was carrying. Um, quit bras. Bras are dead to me. Um, <laughs> just like it's dead. <laughs> like, and even if I sometimes have to put one on afterwards, like I come home and my breasts look like sad. They look like they've been all like squeezed down. And I'm like, there's no breasts, no more for you. Yeah. So you just feel like alive and and for the first time in my life, I actually understand and under, like understood and understand now what it means to be embodied, what it means to actually be in your body. When you can't touch your own vagina, when you're terrified of this part of yourself, you're not in your body. You're, you're up here, like I talked about, but it's like, even more than that, how can you inhabit your body fully if you're scared of part of your body, if you don't know part of yourself? Like, you can't be in your body. And then if you're not in your body, forget feeling pleasure. You don't feel anything. You're just, like, walking around. Like, I mean, what kind of experiences, are, like, of life are you having um, behind some kind of glass wall? So anyway, so I, when I would do the J-Day practices, I found myself actually being grounded, like in my feet, and in my body for the very first time. And this was huge for me. Um, I identify as, you know, a highly sensitive person. And if you're not in your body, if you're like up here or whatever, you're dissociating, everyone else's energies will glom onto your body. You will be carrying around all these other people's junk. You will not be with you. And so then like, how can you be your authentic self in the world if you're not in your body? If you have everyone else's crap all stuck to you, like you you can't. And so that was one of the really like 
shocking side effects. I mean, my breasts were one of my favorites because that was just like, ooh. But, then, but one of the shocking side effects was how grounded and how much it did to bring me in my body. And as someone who, you know, tends to be more intuitive and, and empathic, like I tried everything to deal with that so that other people's energies wouldn't come in my body. I would do shielding and I would wear crystals and I would like say mantras, like, no, <laughs> get the jade egg, like get the jade egg. So I have this like corny joke about it, which <laughs> I'm going to share with you because you like puns um, and you got to have some jokes like to get through all of this. You know, you've got a sense of humor. So important. Absolutely. So, so I say that. I went from a highly sensitive person to now I have a highly sensitive pussy. That's my HSP. I love it. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. And what a profound observation that, you know, having, because I would identify the same way as highly sensitive and empathic. And, you know, I never, like, I do talk about how sexual energy creates its own shielding. Like when you are inhabiting your sexual energy and you are well fucked, whether single or coupled, you do create this impermeability around you. But I hadn't really thought of that in terms of being a highly sensitive person and taking on and being hyper aware of other people's states of energy and emotion. So I love that you observed that and made that connection because that's so brilliant and what a gift um, to know that for anyone who is in that same you know position which is a beautiful state to be in to have that level of sensitivity but yeah the, the sometimes the cost of that is being sensitive to things you don't want to be sensitive to and picking up on things you'd rather not be so that is just amazing you know that you've perceived it as like without having that um, strength of the sexual energy, that shielding of it, that there's like a void inside that can be filled by, you know, wayward energies, but now not so. Yeah. That's incredible. So you also, okay, what about the... So we talk a lot in my work about how we go in, we do the sexual work, we see all these changes and benefits in our bodies and our sexuality and our reproductive organs. And then the extension of that is how all of the things in our outer life begin to change. And that can be everything from our work, our creative expression, to financial opportunities, to our family, to you know, our social situations. So what other impacts did you see? Because I know you shared something about business and even your creative process. Yeah. Um, so I also want to say that endometriosis, by the way, is mm. gone. 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 No heavy periods, no painful bleeding. It is normal and healthy. And again, did lots of remedies, lots of herbs and stuff. It was looking at the sexual trauma. It was sexual trauma healing. That's what it, that's what my body was crying out for. So, okay, so that's one of the changes um, physically that's happening. Yeah, fantastic. Would, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Another one of those things that you think mm, that'll just be that way for life, but right. no, actually, it won't. It it really this stuff really quantum leaps all of these all of your healing in ways that you never expected. You know, I was talking to a friend 
yesterday and she's in her like late 40s and you know the the things that people start telling her are like her <coughs> perimenopause and hormonal stuff right and and I and she's been sexually inactive for a while and I said look you know what if the actual key to all of this hormonal balance all of your internal health was really your sexual health and your sexual energy and when that gets up leveled and brought into balance and it's true rightful power it's like the master hormone the master switch in your entire body right as that life force channel it governs everything else more than anything else and what if that you know and what you're saying is really speaking to that right is clearing that a hundred percent yeah, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Um, so, so there's that change. Um, I would say creativity wise, I am a creative and I would use your meditate, masturbate, create all the time. And, um, even early on, it was something that I could, I could do. And I had this, I have this yearly project that I have to do. It would normally take me six weeks to do it and last year during vkf it took me two weeks done done because it was just like wow like where did it come from it was just all of that energy was just moving and i was so aligned with myself and my creativity that it just moved like that um i i'm a writer and i've always prided myself on my voice in my writing that's always what people praise i have a really strong voice or so I thought. Um, I realize now in in looking back that because of what we talked about, the way I wasn't really inhabiting my true self and my the fullness of my own body, I wasn't really writing from that deep core. And so suddenly my writing has changed, the quality of it. I'm writing from this deep core place. Um, when it comes to business opportunities, I I was trying to calculate this. It's actually so wild. So um, we finished the course and within three months of finishing the course, I was starting to have the deeper vaginal orgasms. Um, within three months of those orgasms starting, over a $100,000 um, increase in our household income and that continues to rise um and and that was like i wasn't looking for it i wasn't like trying to find that it was just another one of those benefits that's just like rushing in um i'm trying to think what else i would say i no longer use sex to numb i actually feel things during sex i quit my vibrator during this process is something that's really important too i um i in the course you say quit your vibrator and when you said it i got really angry i was like <laughs> don't take my vibrator <laughs> like, like, like. that death is a vibrator death grip death grip it's on the vibrator thing. it's a thing and i was like you can mm. try it out of my cold damn hands <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like no i will not give it up and then i was like maybe i should look at that one huh and uh if i'm that attached to it and this is so wild to me so all this time i don't want to give it up because i'm like oh kim you're gonna take my orgasms away right you're gonna take my pleasure away so 
but I do it. I'm going all in. So I go all in. I'm showing up for this. I, you know, cast aside, throw out that vibrator. So I'm not tempted. And something wild starts to happen very quickly. I realized that, yeah, I was having orgasms from a vibrator. I was not having anything that resembled pleasure from a vibrator. Those two Uh. things are very different. The sheer pleasure that I felt from using my jade egg and feeling my vagina start to come to life was a thousand times more pleasurable than any stupid, quick, numbed out vibrator orgasm. That that alone, I would feel bliss just because I was feeling something. And, and so suddenly I realized, I was like, okay. So I wasn't having pleasure, I was having orgasms and they can actually be very, very different experiences. Um, so I suddenly had this like, this access to this new sense of bliss that I never had before. <laughs> um, and that's a bliss that comes from within and that lives within and that can be tapped at any time and is dependent on no one and nothing. It comes from me being tuned in and connected with my own self and and having my own sexual energies flow. And that is a pleasure that cannot be described. Well, you've done a really epic job describing it. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, obvi- I appreciate, obviously, the depth of what you're saying, but you have conveyed it really powerfully, exactly what your process has been and the shifts that you've experienced. And, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you feel we haven't touched upon that you would add to this, to your story. Yeah, I would just say one more thing, which is that you always say that um, that every woman can, and I know what it's like to feel like you're the one woman who can't and who won't. And I just feel like from my experience, if, if I can, anyone can. Like, you can too if you just you show up for yourself you keep showing up for yourself your body will show up for you and and you can be part of that anami guarantee <laughs> i love it and i love what we said earlier you taking baby steps even if that meant three minutes even if you lie there still with the egg inside of you and just breathe and get used to because especially for someone coming with a history of sexual trauma insertion and penetration itself is can be massively triggering and just to be conscious and present and breathe through that and very very bravely right decide to go through that on your own and allow those feelings to come out and have this trust that there is a navigation system in your body in your sexual organs that will guide you through it that will guide you home. Well, you you provided that container and you held that line of faith. That's one of the most powerful things that you you give. You hold the standard and you hold this line of faith. And so when mine would waver, I would just hold on to yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and let and use that to to help guide me forward. I also want to talk about the 
the breakout rooms. So I'm not traditionally a joiner and we have the option in BKF to actually gather in small breakout rooms with other women. And at first I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm introverted. I, I don't love like kumbaya womanhood things. <laughs> so like, so I was like, all right, but you know what? Like I said, like I'm going all in. So let me give it a try. Um, and it was amazing because it wasn't this place where we were doing small talk. It wasn't this place where people weren't really doing the work and it was just lip service. Like you come into the group and you just say like, hi, my name's Katie. This is what's up with my vagina. What's up with your vagina? Like you don't, <laughs> we don't. And we spend so much time as women, like pretending we don't have vaginas. We're not supposed to talk about them. Like let's hide all this stuff about that and then to just like walk into this virtual room and just lay it all out there it is so freeing and it is so liberating and and it really does make you feel very seen i remember i was in this one group and there were there were four women and it came out that all four of us had experienced some kind of sexual trauma wow. and there wasn't shame about it there was just like understanding and and support and there is such power in speaking something that has been like locked away when it's locked away inside you it starts to eat you up and it's like this darkness that you're carrying around and the second you speak it it, it like bursts into light and and to have other women witness that too it was so incredible and in fact um the even though the course has been uh, you know, it's been a year, I am still in contact with some of the women. And we still have this telegram chat. And again, it's not this place. It's not like some kind of kumbaya thing. It's not lip service. It's all women who are committed to doing the same work as you and they share ideas and they brainstorm. And so you really it having that community piece, I didn't think it would matter so much to me. Um, but in the end, I was so, so grateful for it. And it has carried on well since the course has ended. I'm so grateful for the kindness and the witnessing of those of those women. That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. So tell me, you had talked about how you would cross the line from, you know, not being able to touch yourself at all and then going into being able to self-pleasure, being able to have actual pleasure from touching yourself and then taking it even to the next level the way you described it. And I'm going to read this out because it's so powerful. You said, I wanted to be with the real me in all her messy, radiant, untamed glory. I, want, I had a wall up and it was time to take it the fuck down. I wanted to hold her and know her and fuck her. Suddenly I got self-pleasuring and became insanely delightful hot for myself. So that's a whole other, you know, energy that we would really associate with being like that way, really desirous for a lover, right? Oh, I can't wait to see them. I get wet when I think about them. But you're describing that and having that relationship with your own self and body. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So at first with the self-pleasuring, it was definitely like very lame. And I was just kind of like, what am I doing? What is happening? Like, I, why am I doing this? Um, and again, okay, I'm going to set a timer, set a timer for 10 minutes. 
let's see what happens. And mostly nothing was really that great happening for a while. But again, I'm going to keep showing up. And then this one day, I just had this breakthrough that I was treating myself basically like a really crappy lover. Like I wasn't interested in myself. I was like bored. I didn't want to put the time into it. I was like, where's the orgasm? Like, let's get it going. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, and I just realized that, wow, I am treating myself terribly. And like, is that how I actually want to be with myself? So it, how would I want a lover to be with me? And I realized that I had this huge wall up and I was just sort of like, I wasn't really committing to being with myself or like holding myself. And I was just, I don't know, just like going through the motions. It was very, very performative. And, and I didn't really know what it meant to spend time with my body. I didn't know what it meant to really be with myself. And then, and then this one day I, I, I was there and, you know, the usual stuff was happening, which it wasn't very much, but I had been thinking about these ideas and it just came over me in this wave. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if I was the way I want my lover to be? What if I could be really turned on for myself? Why, why couldn't I be turned on? for myself. And I just felt, I mean, my whole body responded. It just like lit up. I felt so radiant. And suddenly, like when I was sort of like lamely touching my breasts, I suddenly like wanted to touch them in this like loving way. And I wanted to be with myself. And that was when I made that shift was when the orgasms started happening without the vibrator. And they were, weren't like orgasms that are like lame and numbed out. They were the kind where your whole body is lit up because you were really connected and you were really like holding yourself and you were really there. I was really there with myself and it is so hot to be there with yourself. And like, if you're turned on for yourself, imagine how other people will respond to you as, you know, as a result from there. And then versus if you're not turned on, yourself you know it's so powerful and magical and makes you feel alive Ugh. and I was like oh. I was like I get masturbating now <laughs> you get conscious masturbating now yeah versus unconscious yes such a great distinction yeah so let's um, conclude with this quote and you can add to it if you like. You said, I used to associate being a woman with pain and trauma and blood, but now I dance around the house naked, reveling in the magical, sacred, special witchiness of this woman's body. It's so true. I was, you know, just full of trauma and endometriosis. And I thought that was like what my body was for. I was disconnected, disassociated from my body. And now I get to enjoy her. Our first relationship in our lives is with our own body. And I am so glad that I, that I found her and that I get to have a really um, life-giving and joyous relationship with her. And it really is a relationship. Your body talks back to you. Your vagina has wisdom to offer. If I have questions, she will help guide me. I'm never alone. She's always got my back. 
and I feel like I got her back. And that's part of the witchy, the witchy magic. I love that. That's that's such a beautiful, empowering thought. And one that I think is so opposite to what all of the programming and the experiences and the trauma that women experience where I think their vaginas become like adversaries or enemies or at best just dissociated entities, right? And what you're describing is so inspiring, having a vagina that you have a relationship with and it can guide you and you're connected to each other. Oh, that's so beautiful. So well done. Oh, Katie, it just moves me to no end. Like such a beautiful interview. And thank you so much for sharing your experience and being that beacon of hope and inspiration for other women and men to know that there's a way out of these experiences and it's through your own body. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my story and for all of the healing magic that you brought to my life, Kim. I love everything that Katie has shared. I love how she took on this challenge herself. She tried countless other therapies to address not only her trauma history, but the resulting expressions of it, like her endometriosis and painful periods. I always say that all, and I mean all, without exception, all reproductive ailments are symptoms of stuck sexual energy that often comes from unresolved trauma. Sometimes it can come from limiting beliefs we've absorbed around sexuality and the imprinting we receive from our family of origin and the culture around us. But most of the time, it's from whatever injuries, violations, and mistreatment we have received ourselves. All of that gets lodged in the body, and to the body we must go in order to find it, illuminate it, and transform it, exactly as Katie has done. In Katie's process, and through taking both Vaginal Kung Fu and The Well-Fucked Woman, she threw herself into this and applied all of the tools I offered her. In recovering from sexual abuse, using the jade egg is a beautiful way to ease into self-guided penetration, especially for women who are rebuilding trust with their own vagina and those who have vagina on lockdown, which is a very obvious symptom of sexual abuse that hasn't been cleared. Easing into gentle insertion gives them a sense of autonomy and getting their power back. Even if Katie was intimidated or skeptical at first, she went for it anyway in a gentle, loving way. From yoni and breast massage to self-pleasuring to putting down her vibrator, she committed and she did it all within the loving and supportive container of the salon's surrounded by a multitude of women of all ages and stages of their evolution, which in itself is a form of healing, simply to be seen and witnessed and journey with the collective energy of an open and vulnerable community. All there for the same thing, because they dared to believe there was more, more than their symptoms and their chronic pain, more than their bodies feeling as though they had betrayed them, more than paltry clitoral orgasms from a vibrator, more than feeling like sex is something to be endured, more than using lube for every act of penetration, more than feeling like their bodies and vaginas are a great terrifying abyss that they can cannot look at. More than feeling like they are the only woman this happens to and the only one it won't work for. 
Instead, they become vaginal kung fu masters, lubricating and ejaculating all over the place, truly feeling at home in their own bodies and vaginas with voracious libidos. They have the sense of their vagina guiding them like a compass towards bliss in every part of their lives. Their vaginas become the stuff of legend that gives hand jobs, leaves puddles of ejaculate all over the floor and ceiling, and shoots ping pong balls. Their bodies magically sculpt and reshape themselves with the adornment of self-love. Their orgasms transform from mere gentle sneezes that put them to sleep in more ways than one to psychedelic, ecstatic, self-actualizing, rebirthing adventures. They don't give any fucks about what people think about them because they are too busy giving all the fucks to themselves and their partners. They change careers if they are in one that they don't love or they become even more successful in ones they do love. Cash magically falls into their laps because their laps are what attracted it. The great thing about these well-fucked all-star interviews is that you get to hear it directly from the women and vaginas who went on these odysseys, lived to tell the tale, haha, and emerged out of the chrysalis, reborn into the best versions of themselves. I have another episode on this topic called Self-Healing Sexual Trauma for Women, and for men, one called Sexual Healing for Men, which are also very much worth the listen. And if you're ready for your own vaginal odyssey, you can join in Vaginal Kung Fu now. In the salon, I give you the tools and techniques to uncover and recover from sexual trauma, guided instructions to perform your own healing yoni massage, full jade egg workout routines, guided visualizations to help you with higher level subconscious healing and repatterning. As above, so below. Breast massage techniques to enlarge, lift, and tone the breasts. Sexual position prescription mood guide. This tells you which sexual positions to be in to balance out different moods. For example, if you are angry, sad, or depressed, have sex in this way. Taoist Qigong practices to rid yourself of difficult PMS, periods, and menopause, and how to use your sexual energy to create and attract abundance in your life. All this and more. The salon is open for registration for another week until February the 4th. You can sign up at kimanami.com, look for Sexual Savant Salons, and click on Vaginal Kung Fu. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review. And send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off-the-charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.